Hey guys, welcome back into the Corked Up podcast. Uh, as you can probably tell, we're talking football, considering I'm the one bringing us in this week. <laughs> I've noticed that when we do basketball, it's typically typically Frank. So uh, that'll be your little indicator um, in terms of what we're going to be talking about on a week to week basis. Um, you know, I definitely want to get back into some NBA stuff as the playoffs kind of continue, but uh, we wanted to bring it back to uh, some fantasy football this week. Um, you know, I had, I had the urge, Frankie, I was, I was making trades left and right. Uh, couldn't help myself. feel like I got some good value. We had a, quite a comedic moment that I'm going to share on this podcast so that anyone in our, in our fantasy league, uh, hears this and they're going to be like, God, God damn. Um, so, uh, I, I texted Frank, uh, a little picture of a trade that was sent my way and it was, uh, Tua Tungavailoa for Mac Jones. And Frank goes, take that 100%, no doubt about it. And I was, like, already kind of liking the trade. So I'm like, all right, got Frank's uh, got Frank's thumbs up on this. Let's do it. And uh, I send it back to him, and he goes, wait, who got what? <laughs> Which one did you get? <laughs> and I said, uh, I got Mac Jones. And he's like, oh, man, I wouldn't have made that trade. <laughs> So, uh, so, but you know what? I convinced him that I'm always right when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, you know, found diamond in the rough and in, uh, in Herbert. So, um, you know, gonna ro- roll the dice with Mac Jones. And then Frank was talking himself into it, and he's like, "No, fuck it, man." Both receivers said, uh, like every receiver they've ever had together says that Mac Jones is better. So stick with it. Uh, but Frank, I just had to share that story, and and from there I'll say, "How's it going, man?" It's going good. And and to make that story funnier, you were like, yeah. So like, why were you so dead on it? Why was it 100% for you? Because I was, you know, going back and forth. And I was like, well, because Mac mm-hmm. Jones sucks. Like, why <laughs> would you want him over to him? You were like, dude, I'm the one that got to it. I was like, oh, dude, my bad, man. I would have never told you to do that. <laughs> but I get, no, but seriously, with those, with, with the NFL the email, the, only the emails in the app, it makes sense. The email confuses me. They're formatting yeah. sometimes yeah. as to who's getting what. The yeah. only one that I've seen more confusing than MFL, have you ever seen screenshots from Sleeper? The Sleeper yeah. fit? I have no idea who was getting what. That no, shit can, Because they show the trade twice. They show like, you know, like Frank trades for Jack. And then at the bottom, it's like Jack trades for. And I'm like, what am I looking at yeah. right now? Who got who got what? Who got yeah. who? Like it looks yeah. like they just swapped twice. Like it's very weird. But MFL is only slightly less confusing through email. Yeah, well that that is true. I did forget about that part of the story, like why it was brought up. Because I was like, what what what? Like why'd you say a hundred percent? Because it seemed because I mean you know most people seem pretty split on it, and and typically in in our group chat that usually means that it's it's a pretty even trade. Like it, it, unless you're getting eviscerated, you probably lost. But unless you know, if, if people are split on it, which I think most people were, um, that's why I had to ask you. Because I was like, man, like, Frank knows something. Because to me, it's kind of like a – I thought it was a no-brainer because I feel like Tua and, – and the reason we're talking about this, guys, is uh, in case you couldn't guess, uh, we're going to be given our rankings of fantasy quarterbacks coming up for this year uh, – for, for this season. Um, not dynasty purposes. This is going to be – right, Frank, this is going to be a one-year – um, you know, value, obviously that's how a lot of people play, uh, fantasy football, um, especially more casual fans as well. So, um, but, and, and we'll get into this when we get to both guys, cause 
I mean, you know, they're spoilers. They're in the same category and we'll explain the tier system pretty shortly. But for Tua, it, I'm not a big fan of the offense he's in. I don't love I, I don't love the weapons that he has. You and I have some question marks when it comes to Jalen Waddle. And everything that's come out about Mac Jones being the, you know, the safe the, the most pro ready quarterback. Uh he apparently blew people away at in New England rookie camp. Um, you know, him, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle apparently both said uh we thought it was just one, but apparently both of them said they preferred Mac Jones. And it is kind of strange to me that Tua had all of this hype behind him when realistically he may have had more talent than Mac Jones did when he was playing quarterback last year. So um, I don't know. I, I thought it was a low risk move for me. I already have two other starting quarterbacks, so it's not like I'm losing a starter. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was a low risk move, but it was just again, it was just the story behind it that made it funny. Because it was really funny. Just, just Frank's reaction. He's like. Well, because Mac Jones sucks, but Tua has a chance not to suck. And I'm like, did he, like, misread it? Did, did he meant? Did he mean to say Tua sucks? Or, fuck, what did he mean to say? Because yeah, Frank has really done funny. this before. He, he gets confused. But, uh, Frank, you created a wonderful tier system to break up these quarterbacks uh, in a, the, an upcoming fantasy football season. Um, let's go ahead and just start with what were the categories, and then we'll kind of get into – We'll, we'll break it down a little bit more once we're describing some of the players that are in each category. Yeah, so we have seven tiers here. The big reason why we wanted to do tiers is because I don't want to debate, oh, you know, is Josh Allen the QB1 or the QB2? Like, if we just get these guys in tiers, I think there's enough to debate. I think there's enough to, to have some give and take without splitting hairs. It's sort of my gripe with, like, when people talk about the NBA top 10 of all time, and it's like, you have, like, Kobe one spot ahead of LeBron, like, are you crazy? And it's like, you're splitting hair. Like, I don't want to get yeah. into the, it becomes silly at that point. Like, if yeah. we can agree to some extent, here are the five elite guys, and then here's the tier under, and then here's the tier under. We can maybe even have it and say, like, if we were to switch one, who can go up and who can go down? That's great. Those are good conversations. Those are good debates. I'm not here to split hairs with anybody. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I just think it becomes counterproductive and it becomes stupid. And, and quite frankly, you, you start sounding like Skip Bayless and, uh, and, and Shannon, uh, yeah. and, and Shannon Sharp. So the, the seven tiers that we have are the elite tier, uh, QB one, QB two streamer five is there's still hope. Uh, six is worthless. And then seven is unknown. And I think I like the unknown category because I feel like a lot of them are unknown for very different reasons. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, here are the rookies, they're all unknown, because we could have played it safe like that. But I want to do a little bit of projection this year on both of our parts. So I'm really excited to uh, dig into it for the ones who watch on YouTube. And actually, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, if you want to head over to YouTube, you can see it actually, um, you know, on the screen right now. I'm going to start sharing my screen, Jack, and we'll start at the top with the Elite. All right. Now, um with that being said, I wanted to um, say we have only five in the elite. I think that's I think that's a pretty solid number for elite. There could have been maybe one or two more. There may be a, a name or two missing in your opinion, either yours, Jack, or the ones listening. So we'll kind of we'll kind of uh, dive into it here. Yeah, um, and, and uh, real quick again, just just to clarify one more time. 
um, in case you just you're starting at the video part right now. The the pictures that Frank has that, that it's not in an order. Like it's not right, exactly. not saying Lamar is is better than Mahomes or he's not saying uh, on the far right it's you know right to left. It's these are just here are the elite quarterbacks and we'll kind of explain why. Uh, but just to clear that up one more time, uh, just in case anybody had any questions there. Yep, 100%. So just going down the list really quick, we have Josh Allen, again, in no order, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. I'll go out on a limb here, Jack, and I want to know your thoughts. I think the only person that can be debated that maybe shouldn't be here is Dak. Do you yeah. feel the same way? Yep, yep, I feel the same. Um, and I think for me it's quarterback-wise, you know, year one, uh, or uh, in a one-year fantasy league, I, it, it's tough for me to like say, oh, you have to draft him as the fifth quarterback when he's coming off of a major injury. Do I think Dak will be fine? Yeah, probably. I also think the offense that he's in will it, it will be a big reason that will elevate him into elite as opposed to maybe the tier below, which some other guys are in there and and we'll get to. And if maybe, you know, there's some surprise there. Um, I, I think that is kind of what pushes it over the top. Cause I mean, Dak, just the weapons that he's going to have this year, as long as he can stay healthy and as long as he recovers a hundred percent, like I, I think, I think he's fringe elite and, and definitely by the end of the season, he could, he could easily be solidify himself in this category. Agreed. And I just think I look at especially the first four on the list, Allen, Jackson, Mahomes, Rogers, their floor is so high. Yeah. Like, especially when you're talking about the first three with Allen, Lamar and Mahomes, just what they can do with their feet. You know, like Mahomes is starting to run just a tad bit less and become more of like the uh, Ben Roethlisberger scrambler type. Yeah. Um, but even then, I mean, Lamar Jackson can bust out for 180 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Josh Allen can do the same exact thing. Granted, dynasty purposes, you may be a little bit worried about both of their durability because of that. But if you, you know, if you have, uh, especially if Lamar can take any sort of leap towards what Josh Allen did with with throwing the ball, he didn't even need that to be an elite fantasy quarterback. But if he can, I mean, you're talking about the sky being the limit there with him. So, yeah. Um, any any other thought? I mean, I feel like this is, a, a, again, outside of maybe Dak, and we'll get to the quarterback one and maybe even quarterback two and kind of talk about guys who, who could elevate to elite over Dak. Um, but I think these are, are pretty much shoe-ins here. Yeah. I, and so a couple things for, for this. I, I think, first of all, it's it's it still kind of blows my mind that we're seeing Josh Allen up there in the, like, established elite <laughs> quarterback, especially because it's already ahead of Dak. Like, he already's leaped past him, but it's absolutely deserving. Like, he's, yep. like, him and Diggs together, I mean, that is that is obviously quite the pair. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I, we've talked about this when it came to receivers and, and, you know, how much more I've kind of started to buy into Rashad Bateman potentially being uh, a valuable wide receiver this year I think just getting guys that can help him take that step like I I don't think it should be you know just kind of let go by the fact of how much Stefan Diggs has probably helped Josh Allen turn into a great passer I'm not saying that Rashad Bateman is a Stefan Diggs type player but 
throughout <laughs> throughout the history for for Lamar Jackson, his number one receiver has been Marquise Hollywood Brown. Like that's that's not that's not good enough. And the other one is a tight end. As much as we love Mark Andrews on this podcast, like he's still a tight end. You need to have that game breaking receiver, and I think Rashad Bateman can truly help him in that development. And then the last thing I'd want to say in the elite, and I do want to get your your you know your question on on or your thoughts on this, is there? Do you think there's any chance any team that Aaron Rodgers could go to where he becomes not elite, he becomes maybe more of a quarterback one, or do you think? It doesn't matter. Rodgers is going to do what Rodgers is going to do. I think, I mean, any sort of doubt that you may have had two or three years ago, for me, should be completely wiped away with Aaron Rodgers. I think we're we're in the era now that, like, schemes are so similar. Yeah. You know, it's either a West Coast offense or a Shanahan offense. Like, it's just verbiage difference a lot of the times, and it's like, I think no matter where he goes, he just has the skill set to adapt anywhere. And he obviously has the IQ to do so as well. You know what I mean? So it, it's so hard for me. Like, he would have to be in the absolute worst scenario for him to, to, to go down. And I can't even imagine what that would be. Like, maybe Philly or something. You know what I mean? Like, Jets. The, the, maybe the Jets. Yeah, I mean, but even then, I can see him put like putting up numbers with, with, with yeah. these guys. So. It's one of those things that he would have to absolutely prove to me that he's finished for him to for him to go down. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I, I was just, you know, throwing that out there in case anyone well, I think, was wondering about the impact that him leaving Green Bay could potentially have. It's just funny that, like, you assume Green Bay is just this loaded offense because he always puts up numbers. I mean, realistically, they have two really good offensive players, maybe the best wide receiver in football. But outside of that, that that's kind of it. So it's not like Green Bay is this loaded offense that he's like destined to do great things. And I think it is just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. I think it really is as simple as that. I agree. I think the last thing, uh, just kind of talking about Josh Allen, we've even made this comment, I think, before either on air, I definitely off air. He's legitimately the only project quarterback I've ever seen to like pan out this well. Like usually yeah. the when I see like project quarterback, like I mean we saw it with Mitch Trubisky, that was the biggest thing. He was so high on a lot of boards because they felt like his ceiling was higher than the other guys in that draft. Uh, but you saw a lot of the same things as Josh Allen: super high ceiling, super strong arm. He can make all the throws, but he's very raw and he's rough around the edges. And when you see that, that never works out. And yeah. he's just completely put everything together, which sort of makes his story super impressive. You know what I mean? It's like you just don't see it very often with these guys. A lot of the times, especially like he was, you know, they were considering drafting him number one in Cleveland. Um, that's how, how I guess, uncapped his potential was. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's it, clear that I think they made the wrong choice. I mean, Baker has been solid, but he hasn't been Josh Allen. You know what, though, I, this is what I'll say about about Josh Allen, and, and I'm sure this is what Browns fans are because Browns fans and Bears fans aren't as dissimilar as we'd like to imagine <laughs> we are. Uh, I don't think if the Browns get Josh Allen that he develops into this quarterback. Like, I, I do think a lot of it has to do with coaching that's been around him. And again, the, the, the players that he's had in in. Uh, in Buffalo have definitely accelerated that. And I, I would just say a, a current example of not exactly working to the level that Josh Allen has kind of grown to, but I think 
I, I really think the last project quarterback that turned out to be good was Ryan Tannehill. Uh, because remember out of AM, yeah. he's he's a wide receiver he's playing receiver, one year yep. quarterback. And, you know, he's he's I would say average at best in Miami with kind of like flashes of, of being good. But then he goes to Tennessee and he just I mean, he becomes, you know, we'll, we'll get to him shortly here. But um, I mean, yeah, I would say that's probably but but again, not even close to the amount of time it took for Josh Allen to to take that next step. Like it's it's it kind of just happened overnight <laughs> as it goes in the yeah. NFL. Um, super impressive for sure. Agreed. All right, so let's move on here uh, to the quarterback ones. Uh, and as you can see, I left the elite up to sort of compare who we could swap with. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I had sort of a mental debate putting this together. And when I first threw you the rough draft, um, I, I you know, I wanted to see your thoughts. Because I think the guys that we would be able to put above Dak Prescott would potentially be either Russ or Tannehill. Um, and I almost even feel like Tannehill's still a little bit disrespected. Like he's been a legitimate top eight quarterback the yeah. last two seasons in Tennessee. Yeah. And people still sort of talk about him, you know, like he's the guy in Miami and he's not, he's put it together. He fits this offense. Well, I think this year is going to be really telling because they don't have the same weapons that they've had. Um, but before we give any further thoughts, the way I'm looking at quarterback one is if you have an elite quarterback, you're sort of set there. You can maybe even grab one of the streamers a little bit later in your draft, right? Yeah. If you have a QB1, you may want to get either have two QB1s or get another QB2. If, you, if you're going QB1 and streamer, you may be in a little bit of trouble in a super flex type. I mean, I, I, I thought of all this with two quarterbacks in mind. One quarterback, these may be the only starters in the whole league if there's only, you know, if there's only 10 teams. Right. You know what I mean? Um, right. But I also, I also thought about getting a tad bit cheeky and tossing Herbert in, in the elite category after that monster rookie. I mean, he that's the best rookie season I've ever seen Yeah. Uh, from from a quarterback. But just general thoughts, Jack, what were you thinking about uh, these five at quarterback one? Oh, and let me list them really quick for those who are listening. Yeah, so, go ahead. And again, no order. Justin Herbert, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Ryan Tannehill. Those are the quarterback ones. Yeah, so I'll just I'll, – I'll start I'll start left to right, uh, kind of what we did. Um you know, with the other guys here. So, um, yeah, I, so starting with Herbert, I think, and, and, you know, this, this is a little tough for me to say, cause I, I obviously I own him in our dynasty league, but I think QB one right now is the perfect place for him. Um, I think there's definitely still some question marks about the chain, the complete overhaul in offenses that he's going from year one to year two. Like they, they got rid of everybody. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a, that's a little questionable. I'm, I'm always a little skeptical when young quarterbacks are going through, um, you know, completely new systems. Uh, you know, we saw the little bit of a changeover uh, from Bruce Arians to Pep Hamilton for Andrew Luck. Like he was just, you know, airing it out, you know, doing what he did in, the, in his rookie season. And then <laughs> and then uh, Pep Hamilton came in and kind of slowed things down and made it more of uh, what Baker's doing now, where they're the focus is on the run. Um, and then they're going to try and, you know, limit the amount of the, the times that luck has to throw. So uh, I think QB one right now, I think that's a perfect spot for Herbert. Um, not saying he has to necessarily prove it, prove himself again, but, um, 
I, I don't think he's in that elite category until you can consistently do it. So I think that's fair. Matt Ryan, um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little questionable on this one, Frank, and I'm not necessarily questioning you because um, I agree his status over the last couple of years could definitely be QB1. I just don't know if he belongs there going into this year now that we kind of know what's going on with Julio Jones. Like, we haven't really seen what Matt Ryan will do when he doesn't have two very, very good wide receivers. Like, you know, it was Roddy White and Julio, then it was Julio and Calvin, and now it's kind of just, now it's probably just going to be Calvin Ridley. Um, And he really won't have, you know, a super tight end that he's used to having either, you know, Anthony Gonzalez, um, even Austin Hooper to a degree. Um, What led you to putting Matt Ryan in, in QB1 here? I think he was one of the ones, and, and we can dig more into that once we get to QB2. The same way that I was saying with Dak being sort of that, he so we said no order, but Dak was the last one that I put in on the elite for sure. Because uh, I had Russ there for a second, I had Kyler there for a second, but I even had Tannehill thinking if I would put a six. So as we talk about that, where Dak may be the one to sort of shift out and maybe one of these guys will move up, I looked at Matt Ryan the same exact way. He may be sliding to that QB2 status, Um, but I think just what I've seen with him with very bad defense, I mean, pretty much historically bad defenses, (laughs) he's keeping it in, well, for fantasy, that's a good thing for a quarterback. He's getting sometimes garbage time. He's keeping, you know, he's in the shootouts. I mean, we saw dudes last year, you know, Zacharias or whatever his name was, balling out, Russell Gage, like this guy, I I get your point, and, and I think it's a valid one. But if Calvin Ridley can stay healthy, Julio's probably gone, not to the Cowboys, um, and Kyle yeah. Pitts, I think that's more than enough to support a QB1 um, in fantasy, especially because he's just done it with lesser talent the last couple of years. There's been injuries. There's been guys that are just sort of like throwing out there that have these random monster names with him. Now, granted, the O-line has to be better. He's not a mobile guy by any stretch of the imagination. But I think with the weapons around him and just the experience he has um, – I think he's I think he's earned his right to be there. Again, yeah. once we t- once we talk more through the QB twos, there are guys that I think could have easily been above him. Yeah, and that is true. I did I did you, forgive me. I did forget about Kyle Pitts because um, I just you know that's who he is to me right now. He's he's kind of forgettable as an offensive weapon, not Jesus a tight end. Christ. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I'm gonna get a lot of for a lot of shit for that. But uh, no, I I just genuinely forgot. So. Um, yeah, no, I and and you know I think the lack of a run game. I mean Mike Davis being their running back one, like they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Like Matt Ryan is definitely going to have opportunities to put up numbers. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson. Yeah, QB one I I think is 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 fair to say because and, and the reason I would think he's not in the elite category is just because he has these weird years where like. We and we've joked. I can't even tell you how many times we've joked about this on the on our podcast, Frank. Where it's like, Russ will he'll, he'll put up like 700 yards and 13 touchdowns in a game, and they'll win six to three. And like, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. Whereas like this past year, you know, he's first half of the season, he's you know MVP Russ, and then just kind of fell. He just disappeared at towards the end of the year. Uh, so I I think QB one is is definitely makes a lot of sense. Ryan Tannehill, um, yeah, I think I think he's definitely where he should be. Um, 
I'm curious to see what they do now that, you know, with a little bit different of an offense, obviously no Johnny Smith anymore or Corey Davis. I'm not saying those guys were like super difference makers, but I think anytime you subtract from an offense, it it can hurt. Um, The one I want to get into a little bit, Frank, and and I'll I'll pass it over to you right now and let you kind of just give me a reason why why Kyler – you know, where people might who are watching and, and have been listening already know that we obviously have Lamar Jackson in the elite category. What kept Kyler Murray out of elite for you? I just, I think Lamar has produced a tad bit more over the last couple of years. Kyler was one. So the way I, the, the way I'm looking at it, the three that are solidified for me in QB1 status going in that I, I, I'm like not up for debate for are Herbert, Kyler, and Tannehill. With that being said, those are also the three that I debated, are they better than Dak? So for me, Lamar is solidified and elite going into this fantasy season. Kyler is, is, you know, if we had like a a tier in between, like elite light and then quarterback one, he would have been there. You know what I mean? Like I just need to see, give me one more year like we just got depending on what Dak does, or maybe we even, you know, throw in a sixth and he would be there. Um, but I think the same goes for Herbert. I think the same goes for Tannehill. It's, just, it, it's tough. It was like one of these guys had to not be elite if we were keeping it to five. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was, it, it was one of those things where it's like, it is splitting hair, but again, that's why I didn't want to do the one through 10, the one through five, because then you're, you're doing it even <laughs> more so, but right. I wouldn't be mad if anyone had Kyler Murray above Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott. Uh, because he is that phenomenal. I think, um, I think the, the, so I, I want one more year of that production, but then two, he's small, man. And he's not for a baseball player. He's not that good at sliding. He's yeah. taken, he's taken some big shots. Yeah. Um, and that, that worries me a little bit as well. Whereas I look at the top, the elite guys, granted, you know, Josh Allen takes for granted how big he is a little bit. Lamar Jackson has taken some hits, but for the most part, these guys are pretty safe. Now, I know Dak just came off that. That, that was a crazy injury. That wasn't because he was just being, you know, wild right. on the field. That's it's a yeah. contact sport. Things like that are going to happen. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, th- those are my thoughts having him at quarterback one. Yeah, I, I didn't – when when you sent me this list, I had no problem with, with Kyler being quarterback one. Um, I, I traded him in our dynasty league for the very reasons that you brought up. Like, do I think uh, – do I think it's that big of a deal that Kyler isn't, you know, is, is small? Not really. You know, Russ, I think, is is kind of a similar size. But the biggest difference for me is that Kyler started to show some durability issues towards the end of the season. And obviously, you'd rather him be injured, you know, towards the end of the season as opposed to the beginning. And, you know, obviously dealing with it all season long if he's going to be dealing with injuries at all. But, yeah, those are... I do have question marks when it comes to Kyler's durability. I still think he's an elite quarterback. And obviously anytime your quarterback is that good and you have one of the best wide receivers in fantasy football as well, it's going to make for a good combination. So, um, yeah, they invested in the offense, obviously getting Rondale Moore, AJ Green in the building as well. You still have Christian Kirk like that. There, there is some really good offensive pieces. Chase Edmonds still, um, yeah, I think QB1 makes more sense than elite. Kind of similar reasons to what we were saying about Herbert. Like, if he can do this again next year, I think 
I think we'll, we'll, we may have to have that conversation. But uh, but yeah, I think this so far so good, Frank. All right, let's move on. We'll go to quarterback two here. Um, and as you can see, this one's a little bit more extensive. I think there's going to be more room to debate from quarterback one to streamer than there is to elite to anything else, I think. I think for, for the most part, elite is pretty, you know, um, it's pretty set in stone, at least as it stands. Uh, so quarterback two, again, in no order, uh, Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. I, here's, here was my first rookie going out on a limb here, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Big Ben, and Joe Burrow. Um, initial thoughts? Yeah, so I think um, the the two that I think would be most surprising for me um, – are going to be Trevor Lawrence and Baker Mayfield as the most questionable. Um, and the re- have been, been there, there's some question marks up and down, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go through it. So we'll start left to right as, as we've been doing so far. Um, you know, Brady, I think anything less than QB two at this point is just disrespectful. Um, I don't think he's a QB one. Like I would not feel comfortable if if he's my if he's my only QB on my roster at this point. Um, last year, obviously, he still put up numbers. Um, there's really nothing to say he can't do it again, other than the fact that he's one year older. But that hasn't okay. seemed to stop him yet. Um, I think I think QB two makes a ton of sense. Um, Baker, I. I don't know, man. I still don't buy the buy into the Baker love. Like I, I just think, and and part of it is the Browns' offense. Um, I would say more than part. A, a good majority is the Browns' offense and just the way they run the ball as much as they do. Um, and I think Baker could be more like fringe QB to upper like lower QB one. Like I think he could be higher if he was in an offense that let him throw the ball more. I just think he's limited by the offense he's in. Um, any thoughts there on the first two, and then we'll kind of keep going? No, I think you hit it on the head. I think I, the thing that's holding back Baker Mayfield from being potential QB1 status is just his inconsistencies. Like, when he puts it together, he there's not a throw he can't make. He looks awesome. But then there's just games at a time where, you know, he he – he struggles a lot, and yeah. I, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's a blend of it. I, I mean, when he makes the right reads, it's great, and, but I, and I don't know if he can't right. I think he can read defenses. It still sometimes seems like a processing thing where he still gets confused with post-snap stuff. Um, yeah. So this year, I mean, I think it's going to be a really big year for him, like not only fantasy-wise, but like what the Cleveland Browns want to do with him moving forward. Um you know, he, he I, I think there's quite a few of these guys that can leap up into QB1 status because the two that I can see slipping are Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson. To your point, Russ, the last two years has fell off in the second half of the season. He, I, that was a big reason why I traded him in every league that I had him. And I was like, I can't do this. I have to <laughs> yeah. finish strong. Like, these early wins are great, but I could have won them with a different quarterback too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so you're looking down like, I mean, I would, would would there be any sort of debate if Brady was above Matt Ryan and let's say, I don't know, either Stafford or, or fantasy wise, of course, Kirk Cousins is above uh, Russ. I mean, like fantasy wise, Kirk Cousins is a fucking 
wet dream. All they do is throw when they're down 30 in the fourth quarter, and he puts up like (laughs) his fantasy numbers are insane every year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, so Stafford obviously. I think I think this year I I would not be surprised if he ended up being QB one at at the very least. Like he's in a obviously a very good offense for him to be in um, with good weapons. Probably the best weapons he's had since Calvin Johnson left. Um, like he's got Robert Woods, who's definitely underrated fantasy wise. He's got Cooper Cup. Uh, they obviously brought in Tutu Atwell, which obviously <laughs> Frank and I aren't super high on. Uh, but it's just another option for him. Deshaun Jackson as well. Uh, the run game, Cam Akers, one of the best young running backs in the league. I think that'll help out Stafford as well. Like that's that's his best running back probably <laughs> since he came to Detroit. Like since he entered the league, Cam Akers is, is probably his best running back overall. Um, yeah. Including including DeAndre Swift. So um, and that's usage as well. So I think Stafford, I expect big things. It's a, one of the big reasons I traded Kyler Murray for Matt Stafford. I think this is just a, a, a great uh, system for him to be in on uh, an opportunity as well. So I think QB two might even be a little bit low, but I understand why QB one makes sense or uh, QB two makes sense for him right now. But I expect him to finish QB one by the end of this year. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Totally agree with you. Like he, again, you, you have to look at offenses and where some of these quarterbacks are in. And I love the Vikings offense from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I do uh, too. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen is always reliable. Uh, Dalvin Cook, again, one of the best running backs. Uh, Irv Smith, a lot of people expect big things from him this year. Um, yeah, Kirk Cousins, I, I think... You could honestly, I would not be mad if you interchanged him and, and and Ryan Tannehill, if I'm being honest with you. I think they are kind of interchangeable in that sense, um, where I think Ryan Tannehill is probably more consistent. Kirk Cousins has those, he has those games. He has those 40-point games when you, when you absolutely need it. Like, he can come through for you, at least fantasy-wise. Not not Vikings-wise, but, but uh, fantasy-wise for sure. Um, so, yeah, that that's definitely where I'm at on those two quarterbacks. Any, anything Anything different on Stafford? No, I think you hit it on the head. I think, you know, Stafford at one point would have would have been in the quarterback one discussions, but he just had durability issues lately. So yeah. if he can stay healthy this year, I do expect him to, to at least be in that conversation because he's one of those guys that, you know, he's just been lost in a bad organization. Like, he, he he's better than what people think he is because he's just been on a Detroit Lions team that has been awful. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he can stay healthy and, and not for nothing, like, not only is this a pretty big year for him, I think this is a bigger year for Sean McVay. Like you, you know, sort of you put the blame guy. on your quarterback, mm-hmm. right, rightfully so. I, I don't think Jared Goff is a good quarterback, but you know, you got your guy. You gave up two first round picks and whatever else it was. Like now you have to show that you are the genius that everyone thought you were. So it's going to yeah. be an exciting year. And I think you hit it on the head with Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's, he's, he's a great fantasy quarterback. And, and again, I could have easily put him in, in as quarterback one. Yeah. Uh, just because he puts up numbers fantasy wise. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, then just kind of continuing towards the right side here, uh, Derek Carr. It's it's tough for me because because Derek Carr I think is a better quarterback than he's proven to be so far. Kind of like uh, honestly, it, like he's not all that dissimilar from from Matt Stafford. I I do think Stafford is a better quarterback. But Derek Carr has a lot of potential, and we saw that when he had good weapons around him. I just don't love anything about the Raiders' offense other than uh, other than uh, 
Darren, Darren Waller. Waller yep. and, and I mean, like even Josh Jacobs, like I know you you have Jacobs in, in the Dynasty League, but like I don't love that they brought in Kenyon Drake to, to kind of take carries away from him. I, I don't love that. And then Ruggs is, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan of that Raiders offense. Um, and I think Carr will kind of be hindered by that. I would say he's probably on this list more so on the low side of QB2 as opposed to on like the higher side for sure. Um, and then Trevor Lawrence, I'm kind of going two at a time here, Frank. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, I think this is a good spot for him. Um, the Jaguars are going to be bad, so he's going to have a lot of opportunities to throw the ball. Um, and surprisingly, he does have some pretty good weapons there. DJ Chark, we've talked about. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, we've definitely talked about as well. Uh, James Robinson, A to Chen, like they have good pieces there. And, and like I said, they're going to be throwing ball a ton. Uh, I just don't know how that offense is going to look, you know, with Urban Meyer calling the shots there. So um, let's start from from front to back, Frank. What had you confident enough to put Trevor Lawrence in QB2 right out of the bat? I mean, it was a couple of things. One, you mentioned the weapons. I'll, I said it before. I'll say it again. I think he's coming into one of the best situations that a rookie can come into, uh, especially when you're talking about fantasy-wise. The defense isn't that great. They should be throwing the ball a ton this year. And he has just no competition at all. We're going to yeah. get to some of the guys that I put in the streamer category that we don't know exactly when they're going to start, but maybe could have been QB2 if we know for sure week one. They're going to be there. But for me, I mean, with no competition, no, you know, him probably throwing the ball 30 to 40 times a week and just the talent that he has, I think, you know, for me, it was an easy choice uh, for the first rookie off the board in terms of the tiers. And then uh, and then Carr. Yeah, I mean, for me, Carr is a very high floor guy. Um, You know, he makes more of the safer throws, even though last year he went deep. He he had an underrated deep ball last year. And I think with what Gruden wants to do, I think it's telling that Gruden hasn't moved on yet. Gruden makes, you know, doesn't keep it a secret when he's ready to move on from somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the fact that he doesn't do that, I think that shows that he still has faith in him. And I think he, he's one of those dudes that maybe the floor is the ceiling, but that's not necessarily a bad thing from a QB too. So he's very consistent. Um, you know, they, they throw the ball a, a very good amount I, for whatever reason, you know, um, speaking of not keeping secrets, all, all of a sudden Chucky hates Brent, uh, uh, Jacobs. So I have no idea you know, what, what the hell they're, they're doing there. But yeah, I mean, I, he's just a very high floor guy for me. I don't say high floor because he's not like an elite floor, but like his floor is, is very good. If, he, if he's your second quarterback, I think you're in good shape. Yeah. I don't think you'd be too mad about having Herbert and, and Derek Carr as your one and two quarterback. Right, like, exactly. I feel like that's pretty solid. Um, and then the final two guys in this category, Ben Roethlisberger and Joe Burrow, um, you know, Roethlisberger, I think it's more of just a question of, can he still get it done? Like, the situation clearly, clearly one of the best in the league uh, with just the weapons that they do have, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously adding Najee Harris. They have a really good offensive line, but we did see some issues when it came to Roethlisberger towards the end of the year where like he just does not have an arm left. So I think for you, for, for me, I, I know at least it's it's probably just the fact that the players around him are going to kind of lift him up. Um, and then Joe Burrow, everything sounds like from, from what I've heard, he's going to be fully healthy and ready to go for this, uh, for this season. So by week one. So I think that's, that's huge for him. He looked really good in his rookie season, just kind of starting to come around when he got hurt. And again, adding Jamar chase to an already like loaded offense from a fantasy wide receiver perspective, it sucks for Joe Burrow. 
drafty drafters and, and dynasty owners, like in one year, Joe Burrow can absolutely get the job done for you as a QB two, possibly QB one, depending on how healthy he is. 100%. And to be honest with you, th- this was the first tier that I got to that I didn't want to be disrespectful towards one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. Yeah. Like big Ben could easily be on the streamers, but I was like, you know what? He's coming back for probably one more year. He's going to give it all he got or uh, give it all he has. And, you know, here, here it is. I mean, because he started the year off very well. But just like you said, it, it was sort of the same thing with Russell Wilson. Like, he ended the year so poorly that I think people didn't realize how good of a year overall that he yeah. had. Um, but it just sort of, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. I and mean, then you lose to the Browns back to back. And not to say the Browns are bad, but, like, they've been the big brother for the last 300 years against the Browns. And they lose back to back to get bounced in the playoffs. And, you know, it leaves a, uh, leaves a lot of that. But I agree with you to Joe Burrow. He looked really good before that injury. Hopefully – you know, we don't have everlasting effects um, from that devastating knee injury, but the, the weapons he has, I mean, you, you, he, he's, he's going to be in a position a year or two from now where you have no excuses whatsoever, un- unless they just really can't get it together with the O-line. Um, so I expect him to have a really good year this year. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll pretty much cover it for the, uh, for the QB two. So let's go ahead and go into the streamer section here, Frankie. Yep. Pulling we up got the streamers here. From so, left to right. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, so from, from left to right, um, Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Thoughts? Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and keep going the way we've been going, starting left to right here. Uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah. I think there's some big question marks when it comes to Daniel Jones this year. Um, I think, like Frank said, if you – are if you get one of the top five elite quarterbacks, um, maybe even if you have Herbert, but we've already discussed that, and you are on a bye week and you just need to grab a quarterback to, to play, I think Daniel Jones could be a solid option for you. Uh, they obviously invested in the wide receiver core for him. Saquon Barkley's coming back. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, like, they, you know, Darius Slayton's still there. Like they put in effort to get this offense and to give Daniel Jones a shot. If he's going to be a quarterback that can stick around in this league, um, and he he's going to need to prove it this year. But I think that's a he he could be a candidate, a, a sleeper candidate for the for this season for sure. Um, what were your thoughts on Daniel Jones? Kind of similar. Yeah, I, I think I think it's. Very similar. He has his ups and downs. I, really, his biggest issue is fumbling. Um, yeah. That's it, it's yeah. sort of, it's sort of the Jay Cutler thing. Like they talk about the picks, but it's really like I'm okay with the picks, but stop fucking fumbling in the pocket when every time you get hit. Uh, and and Daniel Jones suffers from that as well. But just like you said, um, he's had big games. He's had good games. And just sort of the way I look at the streamer tier is like if you like that matchup, if they're going up against a bad quarter, uh, a bad defense. Go ahead and start them. These are the guys that maybe on the waiver wire, depending on what it's looking like come August, uh, you know, that you're able to scoop up and, and and have there as your your third quarterback or even your second quarterback if it's you know you you have the option to not start two all the time. So he sort of fits that perfectly uh, for me. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I totally agree. I think there is definitely some some matchups, especially in the NFC East, where I mean, there's maybe one good one good defense and the other okay defense is the one that's on his team. So you're not going to have to worry about that. (laughs) Um, Moving on to another NFC East quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, 
I think he'll probably win out the job to at least start the season in Washington. I'd, I'd be surprised if it was Haneke, but uh, yeah, I, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. Like I, I, when it came down to it and we, you and I were talking about before the draft happened with the bears, uh, what direction they could maybe go. I, you and I, it wasn't even close. We obviously <laughs> would much rather have had Fitzpatrick over, over Andy Dalton. Cause at least he'll give you a chance to win some games. He's going to put up numbers in this offense. Terry McLaurin, uh, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, uh, Deami Brown now as well, Curtis Samuel. Like, this is going to be a fun offense. Washington is not necessarily known for their high-power offense um, in, in years past. So I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick absolutely belongs in this category. Yeah, I mean, he's the definition of a streamer quarterback. Like, yeah. this category is made for him. And I think the first three on this list for this particular year, Daniel Jones— Ryan Fitzpatrick and Cam Newton for as long as Cam Newton will start this year. I think they fit this mold perfectly. Yeah. And then continuing on here, Cam Newton. Uh, this, this, this one will depend Frank, because right now, you know, going into this off season, we, it was pretty much guaranteed. Oh, Cam's coming back. He's going to be QB one after the draft. It starts, it's, it's sounding like there's some legitimate push for Mac Jones to potentially upseat him as QB one. So I think this, this list could definitely change by the yep. time we get to September. Uh, but if Q, if Cam Newton does hang on and, and, you know, stays QB one, like you and I think he will for at least the first half of the season, I think, um, I think Cam Newton, just his running ability gives you automatic, uh, value right there. Yeah. And, and the rumors, as of now is that they may even try like a two quarterback thing where Mac is sort of the quarterback from 20 to 20. And then Cam Newton does all the red zone work. Um, And even if that's the case, you can treat that second quarterback spot almost as like a touchdown poaching running back. Yeah. Like a QB too, like a literal, like a running back too. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, so there could be games that you feel like he can, he can do well if they decide to do something like that. Um, or if he's the starter again and he's playing a weak defense and he, he can tear them up because make no mistake before he caught COVID last year, he had a couple really big games. So he yeah. looked solid before that. And it, COVID seemed to really throw everything off in terms of just rhythm and, and, and who knows how it actually affected him, um, you yeah. know, with, with, with lungs and, and such. So and, I, mean, I, I think, like I said, the first three here, I think fit the streamer category. The last two are for me are only here because we don't know if they're going to start week one. Yeah, and and we'll talk about uh, the last thing I want to say about Cam is like I, the one thing I did love is that they got two really good tight ends for him. Like we we saw what he was able to do with uh, with Greg Olson, and and he yep. looked like I mean Greg Olson made him look like a legit QB one uh, at times with the running ability and and the throwing ability as well. So I think getting two tight ends that can both do something a little different, I think that was a real uh, stroke of genius by Bill. So yeah, and then. For, for Trey Lance, Frank, if there's another rookie um, that I absolutely expect to be starting week one, um, well, I guess I guess Zach Wilson is probably locked in as well. <laughs> Same with Trevor Lawrence. So um, I, that being said, Trey Lance should be your starter week one. I think you can feel pretty confident in drafting him, especially if you do your draft before um, you know, training camp or anything like that. I would feel pretty good about that. You're not going to trade all the way up there and then throw out uh, – and then throw out Jimmy G for the first couple of games. I, I just don't see that happening. I, you know what? I, I kind of disagree with you there, Jack. I, I, I think the Niners are valid points though. I, you, you do trade up to get your guy, but the Niners aren't 
your traditional bad team trading up from what was it 10 or whatever like they were just hurt last year like they have a really really good roster so they may be looking at him like a Patrick Mahomes situation um that being said the reason why I didn't throw him in unknown is I do think he's gonna start eventually uh and and it's the same thing with Justin Fields if you were to guarantee me both these guys were to be um starters week one big ben would have been in the streamer category and they would have taken that they would have split that spot at qb2 because i just think they're very good i think they're both in really good situations but yeah i because of how talented they are and because they have the luxury of almost taking their time with him um and they don't have to throw him out there that's that's what made me drop him uh down a tier and that's fair i i just think trey lance talent wise should beat out jimmy g like i i well, think i agree you know what I, I mean? Agree. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. And, and yeah, we, we don't need to spend another hour on, on Justin Fields. Cause if you get me started now, I, I won't stop until this podcast is like three hours long. So uh, yeah, Justin Fields, he'll probably end up in QB two if he gets to play enough. So um, yeah, we can move on to the next category. Yep, here. Yep. We will, we will move on here to there's still hope category. And Frank, explain five. this, explain this category a little bit more just for those listening at home. So this is this is the category for me, and you could even take this, you know, dynasty wise as well. But these are the guys that you know have are, are you you have every reason to be pretty down on, whether it's because of their talent, the way they produced the last couple of years, or the situation that they're in. So there's a little bit, uh, you know, uh, a difference between all of them here. Um, but I personally like the situations that they're in. So if you were to snag them on waivers or if you were to snag them at the back half as your third quarterback, there's still hope for them they could, because they could elevate if they perform up to what was once expected of them to maybe QB2. You know what I mean? One of them, potentially even QB1 because he's done it before. Um, so from left to right, we have Freaky Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurst, Jameis Winston, and Teddy Bridgewater. What are your thoughts, Jackie? Yeah, so starting left to right, Sam Darnold. Um, I think he has the a very good opportunity to finish QB2 at, at the very least. Like, you and I have expected a lot from him since he got drafted to the Jets, but they just made mistake after mistake in terms of getting him any sort of competent help. Um, I think he has a really good coaching staff in Carolina. I love the weapons that he has. You have arguably running back one right behind him. Um, you have some really good receivers in DJ Moore. You have the familiarity with Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Uh, and then you have one of Frank's favorite guys in the draft, Terrace Marshall Jr. Like that's a loaded, potentially loaded Carolina offense. Um, the biggest question mark being the offensive line. Will they be able to protect him? They really weren't able to do that for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, so we'll kind of have to see if they're able to kind of turn things around for Sam Darnold. But overall, I think this if Sam was going to go to any team, get traded from the Jets, I think this was by far the best opportunity for him. I agree. And then that to me is why I think there is still hope for him. Uh, super talented. He can make all of the throws. Um, but just like you said, and, and I'm usually much harsher than this. Maybe it is because I graded him very high coming out of the draft. Um, but that, I mean, the jets were just dysfunctional, man. Like Adam Gase has no idea what he's doing. Like we, you know, he's living off this reputation that Peyton Manning has built for him. And like, had he been almost anywhere else, I, I, I 
be harsh and just say, you know what? He just is who he is. But knowing what we know as Bears fans about Adam Gase and then seeing what he did in Miami and then seeing what he did with the Jets, it's like, come on, man. Like, he, he never really had a shot. Am I? Are we making maybe some excuses for him? Sure, maybe we are. But I think there's still hope because we do know he's talented. I don't think anyone can deny his talent, just his physical talent. But now he's in a much better situation. Yeah. So if he can put that together, and then we we saw what we saw with Matt Rule and that offense and Joe Brady, like he this is going to be a make or break year for him. So I I think there's a lot of hope for him. Had he gone, you know, to I don't know, maybe like Denver or just somewhere. <laughs> Or maybe yeah. there isn't as much hope. I, I you'd probably be in a lower category, but I think the situation where he landed, I think, you know, you could still be pretty optimistic about him for this year. Yeah, and then uh, moving right along here to number two, um, ironically, also wearing number two, uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, I I was arguing for elite. Frank said, "I'm not doing this <laughs> podcast unless you can, unless you stop." Um, I, I I I yielded. Uh, but in my mind, I still consider him elite. Uh, <laughs> Frank, like, I, I didn't, you you know this as, as well as anyone. I didn't love the move at the time. I didn't love Carson. You know, I just thought there were so many questions. But I just think the more that he's interacted with the indie, you know, indie media and he's um, just kind of talked and how he's looked at camp, I think we're going to see MVP Carson Wentz again. Um, in the season where he's with Frank Reich um, and they've, they've built a really good offense. Uh, they have one of the best offensive lines. They have one of the best young running backs. They have some really talented wide receivers. Um, they have some good tight ends as well. Like I think Carson Wentz should finish this season at top end, low end QB one, top end QB two. And, and I feel like you could confidently draft him as your number two quarterback and just roll with it. I understand hesitation when it comes to injuries and, you know, just how he finished the season last year. But I think there was a lot going on behind the scenes uh, in Philadelphia. And I think just hearing the way the Colts players have talked about him and the mindset that he's kind of come into Indy with, it's hard not to get excited for me, Frank. Um, where are you kind of at on Carson Wentz right now? Yeah, but a lot of the same feelings that I have about Sam Darnold um, that I do in terms of like situational fit. We've said it. The, the, the one place where I think the only place that I can see him recapturing that glory that he had that one season uh, that he tore his ACL was with the Colts, just because Frank Reich is there. And that was the architect of that, uh, of that offense. Um, and he was the guy that I hinted at that, you know, if there's going to be a big leap in these, it's him uh, from there's still hope to quarterback two or quarterback one. I don't necessarily see that. Um, well, may, maybe from, a, but like, he's the more, the most realistic, I should say, because he's, we've yeah. seen it before. We've seen him yeah. per, perform at an elite or quarterback one level. Now he's back with the same coach with some pretty good weapons, uh, with a really good run game, with a really good O-line. So, I mean, the, the, the same way that this is make or break for Sam Darnold, this is super make or break for Carson Wentz, I think. I mean, if he has, yeah. because I think, um, I also look at him as more of like a boom or bust. I, I really don't think there's going to be an in-between with him. He's either going to be really good or really bad. Yeah. Because um, not only did we see, um, you know, him, especially last year, not look great. It, it wasn't just like, oh, it was super dysfunctional. Like we saw a breakdown of fundamentals a ton. As soon as there was pressure in the pocket, 
he panicked. His feet were all over the place. He had happy feet. His his arm angles changed everything like from snap to snap. Like he just seemed to be so far in his head that yeah. I you know, I don't imagine him being like, Oh yeah, he had a nice little quarterback two season. Like we streamed him that like it's either gonna be really good or really bad. Um so we shall see, but I I think he's still he he's deservedly so in the there's still hope category. Yeah, and for him, I think when you're talking about mechanics and in his head, I think at a certain point he's just trying to do too much. He's just trying to yep. do whatever he can to to win some games. And I, I just think again, that kind of leads me to think there were some things behind or off the field that with the organization with the coaching staff that just wasn't translating well and like you said if he's going to go and succeed anywhere it's going to be with Frank Reich and Indy so um this could be you know this could be it for Carson Wentz but uh yeah let's uh let's keep going here Jalen Hurts uh also wearing number two there's a lot of number twos on this list (laughs) in this category um yeah I, I think an impressive rookie season uh I I don't think is as far off to say I think him taking over for Carson Wentz in that in that way was difficult, but he, he was impressive. Um, to me, he's a quarterback that I wouldn't feel super confident in if he's my, like, you know, locked in number like QB two. Um, but I think he's an interesting piece that you, if you are, you know, late in the draft and you, you know, maybe need a quarterback to, to supplement Aaron Rodgers, like that would potentially be a good option. Um, what 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 would what led you to putting Hertz in in this category, Frank? You know, I I actually almost made him a streamer. The only reason I didn't is because I just have no idea what that offense is going to look like this year. Like they have a yeah. whole new coaching regime. They it, it's just you know very weird. But the reason why I felt like he fit there still hope is because a lot of the talking points were like they may even trade up to get a quarterback. They may get Justin Fields. They may get so and so. I mean, like his job wasn't exactly guaranteed. Well, at least that's what the reports were. Uh, internally, maybe they knew it all along. Um, so there was sort of that sense of his job may not be secure, uh, you know, come week one. Um, but I think, you know, with the, the train wreck that was that offense the last couple of years, I think he fits this category perfectly for this reason. They chose him over their head coach and the quarterback they paid like $180 million to. Yeah. So it's like, hey, they're going with them. If you were down on him last year, if he's your quarterback three, you're in good shape here because there's still hope for this guy. He's talented. He can play. Let's see what, you know, what the offense is actually going to be. But I think there's still a lot of hope for him going into this year. But just like you said, if he's my quarterback two or God forbid your quarterback one, <laughs> you're probably in bad shape. But yeah. as, as that, that was why I almost made him a streamer. If I had a better sense of what this offense was going to look like, he'd definitely be there because he has the talent at least to, to, I'll elevate him there with pretty much nothing around him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he is, I think he has the highest outlook of anyone in this, uh, in this category for me. Yeah. I mean, to, to your point, I think not only what the offense will look like, but what will it look like when defenses have time to prepare for him a little bit more? Cause I mean, he's yep. coming into uh, a season halfway through and a season where, I mean, there's so many restrictions in terms of what you can and can't do in the building and like who can meet together. So uh, this this offseason, I think, will be a little bit different. The expectations obviously will be higher for him. Um, so very curious to see that. Uh, and then the last two guys here, Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater, both guys who could potentially not be starting quarterbacks 
Uh, I think Teddy has a more realistic uh, outlook at this point where a team trades for you. But, um, I mean, realistically, like, it could be – it could be – I'm I'm blanking here. Taysom Hill. Drew Locke and and Taysom Hill. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean – I agree there's more – I'd probably lean a little more hope towards Teddy Bridgewater. I think you can maybe get a lot out of him. Just the way the Saints used Jameis Winston last year doesn't give me a ton of hope. But uh, I'm curious to to get your thoughts on, on those two guys. So with Teddy, the reports have been that the starting job is his. Like I, yeah. I, I've heard that on podcasts. I've read articles. They aren't very high on Drew Locke, which is also weird why they didn't take Justin Field. Maybe they're very high on Teddy. So that's why there's still hope for him. I do think if it's not by week one, it's going to be in the first quarter of the season that he takes Drew Locke's job. Yeah. Um, the reason why I put Jameis Winston on there's still hope is because Sean Payton can't be this stupid, right? Like, for as smart <laughs> as he is, do you ever meet someone that's so smart that they're stupid? Yeah. Yep. Sean Payton can't be that. Like, come on, man. Like, if you told, if you guaranteed me He's starter week one. He would be above this list, but he's there because, like, cooler heads have to prevail here. He's a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. So there has to be still hope that he's going to start a good amount of games this year, at least for me. I, I, I yeah. you know, maybe that's where I'm at with it, but I just can't imagine Taysom Hill starting 17 games for the New Orleans Saints. I, I, I wouldn't have thought he'd start at all last year. And I was proven yeah. wrong, so that 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 makes me question that a little bit. I know, um, but I know. yeah, I, I I totally agree on both. But yeah, not not a ton to say on either guy until I think you know until we get a little bit closer to the season. But I I don't yep. disagree with either being in a there's still hope category. That is then, a I think it's a perfect segue because we mentioned a couple of the guys that, that are in this next category. This is uh, hard so to look this at. Is, this is the worthless category, um, left to right. Drew Locke, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill, Jimmy G. Maybe I was a little harsh on Jimmy G, but I just think Trey is going to take his job at some point. Yeah. Um, I mean, do we have to go super in-depth on I, – I mean, I feel like that's sort of – the writing is on Speaks the wall for, for why these guys are pretty worthless <laughs> in terms of fantasy value. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Drew Locke is just kind of the way his career has gone is, has, has been super disappointing. I, I think a lot of guys, you know, myself included, were, were a little hopeful in, in some of the things he was able to do. But it just hasn't translated well to that offense. And it's disappointing when he has all those weapons. You'd think that's a good fit for him, but it just it just hasn't worked. Jared Goff. He wasn't good. He he wasn't really an option in L.A. And I, I there's just nothing there. Detroit. Andy Dalton. No way he keeps this job. Taysom Hill. No way he keeps that job. Uh, and then, of course, Jimmy G. I agree with you. There's just not a ton of of value there when you, you're not even sure if he's going to be the starter and, and what he's looked like when he has been the starter. Like just yeah. from fantasy wise, like there's just. And that 49ers offense, I don't think is super fantasy friendly, uh, like at any level. Like that's that's probably one you stay away from. Um, so well, yeah, except for Kittle, that. I think Kittle is probably the only Kittle, and and he needs to stay healthy too. So, um, but yeah, not, nothing nothing super crazy going into. Yeah, into I think this. I think the person with the most value on this worthless tier is Jimmy G, though. Yeah. Um, 
because he is going to get first crack at that starting job. And if he performs well, I can't imagine. I mean, that's going to be best case. If, if Jimmy G starts 17 games this year, that's going to be great for the Niners. That means he's really balling out. I think yeah. they are going to look, especially as the year goes on, for any reason to start Trey. But if he is undeniably better, they're not just going to sit him. Um, so he has the most value. I mean, who is the second one? Maybe Andy as a handcuff to Justin I would Fields? Say, I would, you know, I would like, say it'd be, I'd be, I'd say it'd be Goff. If I'm being honest, because he's your QB one. And, right. And he, he has no competition. He, no competition. Yeah. They're going to be down a lot. So they're most likely going to be throwing the ball. And DeAndre Swift is definitely a back that's built for that. Like a guy who's just going to rack yeah. up a ton of yards after catch. And, uh, but I mean, wide receiver wise, nothing there, nothing there to help out Jared Goff. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's just, it's, so I, I guess you changed my mind. Jared Goff is probably the most valuable because he's probably not going to lose his spot barring injury. I just think Jimmy G will at, at you know sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. So moving on, here is our final tier. This is the unknown tier. And again, I think this tier was really interesting because they're all sort of unknowns for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so from left to right, Deshaun Watson obviously is the biggest unknown. We just have no idea what's going on with all the legal stuff. Um, Mac Jones, Tua Tungavailoa, and Zach Wilson. Um, what were your thoughts on this one, Jack? Yeah, so obviously if you've been waiting for us to name Deshaun Watson, there's a pretty good reason why we have not. Uh, he's still you know, dealing with a lot of legal issues right now. Uh, but not only that, on the field, he's still dealing with the fact that he isn't going, he doesn't want to be a Houston Texan anymore. Like he's committed to not playing for them. So uh, there's that situation that still has to be figured out where he could go, what they, you know, what team could trade for him. It's, it's such a murky situation. Unknown is the only logical answer to put him yeah. in. Like, I don't know how you draft him, uh, especially in a, in a single season league and feel good about it because like, unless you're, I, it, I would say this, if you are in the last, at the absolute last round and you have nothing, you, you feel good at, you feel solid at your, your quarterback position, you feel solid at running back, you feel solid wide receiver, like you just feel good in a lot of spaces, take Deshaun Watson in, in the last round and just hang, and hang on to him, see what happens. Like that could, that could ultimately elevate your team to a championship level team. Um, if he comes, if he does play week one, depending on where he goes, um, I assume that's why you, you had him there as well, Frank. 100%. I mean, make no mistake. If, if the legal battles aren't ongoing, forget the, the, the you know, on-field stuff or, or organization stuff. Wherever he goes, I think he, he would be elite. He would have taken Dak's spot at, with, with yeah. that fifth easily. So this isn't any sort of disrespect to him. This is legitimately like we have no idea what the hell is going on this year, uh, yeah. you know, versus versus some other guys. They're, they're you know, in this unknown category uh, for wildly different reasons. Like, you know, the, the second guy here, Mac Jones, we're not high on him in general. Uh, you know, we, I think he was clearly the fifth best quarterback in this year's draft. We also don't know if he's going to start at all this year. So that's a pretty big unknown because I, I think the same way we talked about Jimmy G, like if, if Cam Newton starts 17 games, that's very good for the Patriots. Yeah. I would say if, 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 uh, if Mac Jones does end up starting, Let's just say, let's just say week one, he's, he's your starter. I, I think I would put him in the streamer category. I, agree. I don't think I'd put him QB two alongside Trevor Lawrence. I think it's more of a question of 
what is he going to look like as an NFL starter without NFL, you know, without elite college players at every single level? Like, what is that going to look like? Yep. Um, I think there, there's, there's opportunities for success in that offense. Um, you know, the way they use running backs, the way they use, you know, the tight ends they brought in as well as, as to be their main weapons. I think that's good. But yeah, Frank and I not super high on, on Mac Jones when it came to the draft. So, um, but again, it sounds like everyone kind of seems to agree that he is most QB, you know, most pro ready of, of the NFL rookies, which I, I don't necessarily see how that's the case when Trevor Lawrence is there. But, you know, everyone just, you know, wants to make the Tom Brady comparison. So. You know, take it easy there. Uh, and then kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier. We've already kind of touched on Tua Tunga Vailoa a little bit earlier. If Frank, I'll say this. If he's wearing, if they wear those jerseys, if they go back to those jerseys that we're looking at right now, the, the dark aqua, like the 90s, is 17 and 0. Or excuse me, 18 and 0. No, 18 no 17 and 0. Well, like in the playoffs and stuff, right? Oh, how it's technically yeah, yeah, yeah. counted. Yes. So, like they they're gonna win every game if they wear those dark those dark aquas. But uh, wh- wh- why do you have two as an unknown? What what was your reasoning? I- I've already kind of gone on a little rant about it earlier. So yeah, I mean it's just he again the, these guys are all sort of in this category because for for wildly different reasons. Like that was the most weird season I think I've ever seen from a rookie quarterback. <laughs> he was like starting. Well, once he started, he started the first three quarters, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick came to, like, close out games. It was like a starting pitcher closer type of thing. And people were like, well, hit, like look, look at the way he's rotating his hip. His hip's still injured. He hasn't really, you know, he hasn't uh, fully healed from that just yet. Like, he's always been a one – and this isn't me saying this. This is just what was in the ether. He's always been a one-read guy. He's never been great with, you know, processing things and – you know, it, it's, it's, there were so many questions last year and he did nothing to answer any of them. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the coaches didn't help, but again, fantasy wise, these guys don't care about their fantasy teams. If Brian Flores sat down, the Mexican great Brian Flores said, this is our best chance to win is starting him for the first three quarters. Let's see what we got. And then we know Ryan knows how to win. He's coming in to close out the game. Then that was that. You know what I mean? Like he don't give a fuck about your fantasy team. But with that, we're talking fantasy now. That that is a question mark. Like, yeah. What? Why couldn't you start four quarters? Like the coach wasn't doing that for no reason. He didn't have faith in you to close out games. To and, me, and make no mistake, the oh, yeah. offense looked very weird. Yeah. For the first three quarters, most of those games, like it was just very very weird. To me, Tua is is. I don't. I I. I don't see it from Tua. I, I, I when I traded for him, I was kind of like I think I sold myself a little bit more. But the more this offseason has kind of gone on, I think that's why I felt a little more comfortable moving on from him to Mac Jones, a little more of a traditional quarterback. It's just there's a lot of things that are going against him for me. Uh, left-handed quarterbacks, it, it's just it's it is different. We've we've heard a number of guys talk about how different it is when a guy's left-handed. To me, he just doesn't look like one of those quarterbacks who's going to be prolific in the sense where he's putting up 300 yards, four touchdowns every other week. Like he's not, it's just not going to be Justin Herbert. It, it just, I, I don't see it from Tua. I see more of the, I hate to say it, but I, I do see more of a game manager when it comes to Tua. Like it's going to be maybe buck 50 to 250 yards, maybe a touchdown or two, 
and then like he'll limit interceptions. Like I think that, and again, I could be wrong, but I, I just don't see it when it comes to the NFL level. Uh, and again, we, we've been talking when it, with a number of quarterbacks and how their the talent around them elevates them to certain categories. I I just don't love Miami's offense. Like there, there's yeah. no run game there. There's absolutely in draft a running like they I don't know how they don't draft a running back like Miles Gaskins just right there boom let's roll uh, and then the wide receivers like you and I don't love Jalen Waddle I've I've you know I've seen the the grades I've seen how much it sounds like people NFL evaluators love him but they've been wrong before they've made John Ross and Henry Ruggs number one receivers so like let's let's pump the brakes there yep. Yeah, I think that was a good analysis. I, I mean, not only the question marks, but, you know, they, I think you sort of touched into a big part of those question marks. Like, he had, he didn't look prolific whatsoever. Like, wh- you know, what was, like, the throw that was like, wow, that was, that's Tua. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there just wasn't much of that. So, and if his, and if he's his got hip, a lot to prove this year. Yeah, if his hip still is hurt. That's a that like when when it was revealed that like the hip injury he had was like the Bo Jackson thing and people kind of just like eventually just shook it off. I, I I don't know if it is just you can like yeah. it might be a legit thing. So um, and I mean we obviously heard how they may be drafting a quarterback you know at number six. Like how many times did we hear that in the pre in the pre draft process? We yeah. heard it a ton. Yeah, and I think so. The last guy on the list here is Zach Wilson. Uh, I think for a multitude of reasons, he's here. Um, I actually contemplated putting him at Worthless, but I don't want two Zach Wilsons on that list uh, with Drew Locke being there as well. Um, but I, I mean, for for me, it's not only because he's a rookie, but it's, I just evaluated him pretty low. I thought there was a pretty clear, distinct tier difference between Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and then Zach Wilson. Like, he has a good arm. He, he, he has a phenomenal arm. He has one of the stronger arms in the draft class, if not the strongest arm in the draft class. But where, where did that get people just having a strong arm in the past, right? Like, I'm watching his highlight films. I'm watching his film. He's playing high school-level football teams, yep. point blank. He didn't have to make very very many reads. He didn't have to make very many difficult throws. And the times he came up against, quote-unquote, good defense, it was like fucking Pacific Atlantic East Carolina. I I mean, what the (laughs) hell are we doing here? And he struggled. Yeah. Like, you know, a a lot of people, um, you know, you you think of, like, smaller college guys like Tariq Cohen and and Adam Shaheen and say what you will, they're small, but, like, they were dominant at those levels. Like, they they got drafted in the second and fourth round. They're not quarterbacks, but those are the first examples that came to my mind because they dominated absolutely yeah. dominated this level of competition. I didn't really see that from Zach Wilson. Like it's just very weird that he catapulted the way that he did. Um, and new coaching staff. We have no idea what the offense is going to look like. Offensive weapons are cool. They're, they're, they're nice. I don't think it's anything special. And I don't know if he can elevate them or they can elevate him. Just a lot is up in the air with this kid. Um, and, and the, the very, <laughs> And th- this may be mean, but the very second there's any sort of turmoil, he's moving up, well, I guess down to the worthless category for me. Yeah, I of I and I know it's <laughs> it's a popular thing to draft rookie quarterbacks. Like it's just they're exciting. You want to have them on your roster. 
um, in a one season fantasy league. Because like, what if you know one of them has you know an Andrew Luck, Peyton, you know Peyton Manning rookie seat? Like they just they they can have. We, can we start calling it a Justin a Justin Herbert rookie season? Yeah, I'm I'm for that. I'm I Justin <laughs> Her- if if Justin Herbert was on my team, I would say how dare you besmirch the name of Andrew Luck. But uh no, I'm cool with that now. Uh but no, like Zach Wilson is one you're you gotta stay away from. Like he just I, and and even if it wasn't <laughs> Zach Wilson, I'd say stay away from Jets quarterbacks regardless of who it is. Like Yeah, that, it's fair. Like like Frank's talking about the wide receivers and like how they're they're nice, but I mean are they though? I mean, Elijah. Well, that's Moore, what I mean. Like, I like you him. can squint. You can squint and say that's a solid wide receiver yeah. core for sure. Yeah. But it's like they still haven't proven and they haven't done I, anything. Denzel, I love Denzel Mims, but yeah, tight ends. There's nothing there. Running backs. Michael Carter, maybe they're running back one. We don't know. There's just there's a ton of question marks. And and honestly, Frank, like at this point, I, I really wouldn't be mad if you were to tell me. Mac Jones was QB four from this draft and Zach Wilson was QB five. I, I don't think I'd really have the energy to argue because I, I don't think I necessarily disagree on that. Yeah. I, I don't, I just, there's not a whole lot to like. You're totally right. We've talked about it a number of times. The level of competition just wasn't there and it just really wasn't all that impressive. Yeah. No, 100%. So here is the list for those watching it. If you are not, I will tweet this and put this on Facebook and you all can critique away. Um, but this is super fun to do. I'm going to end uh, the sharing now. Um, but yeah, Jack, I mean, I thought we did a pretty thorough job of breaking everything down. I had a ton of fun. Um, hell, throughout the offseason, I wouldn't be mad. We're, we're going to get some more NBA episodes as the playoffs continue to go on. Hopefully we can get our good buddy Nas to hop on for those. Um, but I wouldn't be mad if we did this for running backs uh, and receivers we're going to have to do a little something different for tight end just because it's not, you know, as in depth, but guys, I mean, th- this is what we were talking about that, you know, the creativity that we were going to have throughout the off season. Um, you know, I think this is a pretty unique way to talk about the rankings of a position just because again, are, are we going to yell at each other until we're blue in the face? Like, no, Josh Allen is QB one. No, Patrick Mahomes is QB one. Oh no. Here's our guest who thinks, Aaron Rodgers is QB1. They're all the best of the best right now. Let's put them in a tier. Let's talk about it, and let's go from there. So, you know. Yeah, and I think this was a a better way to have the conversation, especially when you're you're trying to rank rookies where you don't know if they're going to start, when they're going to start. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to do it that way. I think tier way was the best way to do it. But if you disagree, let us know. And, And Frank and I absolutely will yell at each yeah. other until we're in the face. If that's what I you think, guys want to see, we'll, we'll I, do it. I think from QB1 to streamer, there is a lot of room to debate there. There yes. are guys who you could, put, could have put up. There are guys you could have gone down. Again, the only guy I would have been comfortable moving down from elite was Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, I, I'm sorry, was Dak Prescott. But with uh, Deshaun Watson being the unknown, it left – because he would have been that, – that would have been my solidified five right there. Yeah. Um, but with him, you know, not really not knowing what's going to happen, it made it an, a pretty e- or made it an easier choice and more room for debate uh, with that. So I'm curious to know what everyone else thought, who, you know, who they would have put where, um, you know, why I'm an idiot for having B- Big Ben at quarterback two instead of streamer or even worthless if you feel that strongly about him. Um, but, yeah, let us know, you know, like, subscribe, share. Um, you know, continue to spread the word. We're going to continue having fun with this. Again, if we're on a platform that you listen to, 
Uh, you know, if we're not there, let me know. I'll get us up there. But yeah, Jackie, I had a ton of fun. So unsure what we're going to do next week. We may dive right into receivers or running backs. We may dive right into some NBA stuff, depending on what's going on. Um, but yeah, well, any last words before we get out of here, Jack? Carson Wentz should be elite. That's the last thing I'm saying, Frankie. I'll see you next week. Jesus. All right, Jackie. It was great talking to you. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, have a good one. You too, Frankie.